0: together with a mission to convert each other find out as phoenix and stew take it in turns to show off episodes of star trek and doctor who all with the aim of getting each other to love their show experience the highs and lows of each series and come with us for the ride as we travel from trek
1: to who here we go then episode two of trek to who that rhymes and i'm stew that also rhymes hi And hello from me as well, Phoenix here. Phoenix, I can't forget you, you're definitely the main part of Trek to Who. Without you this podcast wouldn't be possible, so thank you again for joining me.
0: Well I'd say half of the podcast
1: wouldn't be possible,
0: because without you there wouldn't be any Who, so yeah, I think the feeling's mutual to be honest.
1: That may be true, but I still wouldn't be able to do it without you, okay? And I wouldn't do it with anybody else. Thank you. Let's move on and let's talk about what we're going to do today.
0: Ah, yes. It's your turn to take the reins and show me some Doctor Who.
1: Let's go back in time to when Doctor Who was seen as a bit of a joke. The Mm. ratings were way down. The BBC hated Doctor Who's guts. They hated the producer, hated the scriptwriter, and they definitely hated the actor that played Doctor Who. In fact, so bad was the BBC One controller's hatred of Colin Baker that he actually called the producer JNT, John Nathan-Turner, and he said, you've got to fire him. I'll give you another series of Doctor Who, but you're having another doctor. Colin Baker refused to do a regeneration story. We'll do the regeneration story, what it's supposed to be anyway. We'll do that in another time. So, we pick up then, season 24, 1987, and the Doctor is now Sylvester McCoy. Ah. He is a short, Scotsman, very broad Scottish, and he has a lovely hat and an umbrella. Nice. Have you ever seen anything with Sylvester McCoy in it? I don't think I have yet. He was a children's TV star, he was on Tiz was, and he was on a show called Jigsaw... Okay. So he was around and about kind of CBBC land, children's BBC land. Oh, I see. And uh, yeah, he was a little bit of kind of an anarchist. He liked to stuff ferrets down his trousers and nails up his nose. (laughs) Sounds fun. Well, if you can get a job doing that, then uh, apparently you're right for Doctor Who. Uh, So that was the quality that they wanted for the Doctor and that's what they got in 1987. We've got Sylvester McCoy as the Doctor. Who's the assistant then? Ooh... Now, you're asking me who hasn't seen it yet, so... I gave I you some know. hints last week. I said oh, she yes, came did, back during the special, briefly.
0: Yes, you did, and Bonnie Langford came back
1: during that special. Oh, you know, you've just gone slap-bang and got a bullseye straight away. I don't know how you've done it, but you pieced together. You must be good at getting the masked singer. Uh, well, To a certain extent. Yeah, you're right. Bonnie Langford is the companion. Her name is Mel, Melanie Bush. Okay. Melanie Bush. She's a computer programmer from Peace Pottage. She doesn't know anything about computers, and you know, during the thing, you'd never get her in front of a computer. She wouldn't have a clue. But apparently, that's her character. Melanie Ooh. Bush, computer programmer from Peace Pottage, and she screams. That's oh. Bonnie Langford's character. Mel screams.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Great. Oh, yes. Bring on the screams, I guess. Well, let's see if there are any screams. We're watching the third serial of season 24, Delta and the Bannermen. Ooh. Now, why not choose this one? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's a
0: longer one. Three because parts. Because it's three parts. Three parts. So it's kind of almost similar in length to where we started with Caretaker, with Voyager. So I I, I guess it's partly to do with that, and partly to do with it being maybe one
1: of your favourite stories? It's a weird one. When I say the ratings were down, the ratings were really down. I think this got either three or four million viewers. And nowadays, Doctor Who, during The Last Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, bless her, getting three or four million viewers is a big deal for that, because you know she's unfortunately alienated a lot of people with her portrayal or even the fact that she's a woman taking on the role as a doctor there's some toxic people out there in the fandom and unfortunately they made their feelings known and uh that's unfortunate and the ratings have gone down which is a fact unfortunately some people have blamed the fact that we're in a multi-channel age we're on catch-up tv and you know doctor who is here there and everywhere and you can watch clips and some things get spoiled but i bet when david tennant comes back as the 14th doctor those ratings are going to skyrocket
0: Oh, yes. He w- he was one of the most popular Doctors of the modern era, anyway. And certainly one of my favourites, because I've seen a few episodes with him in it, and he was very good, I have to admit.
1: But back in the 1980s, back in the late 80s, the ratings were kind of the same as they are now. But it's kind of worse back then, because there wasn't that many channels to choose from. Sky TV was just launching around that time. But not many people really took it up. Definitely not like now where you just plug a box into a wall and you've got 40-odd channels straight away on Freeview or you've got hundreds of channels on FreeSat or you've got hundreds upon hundreds on Sky or Virgin. You know, it's not like that. It's... You had BBC One, BBC Two, ITV and Channel 4 was three years old. or wow. around three or four years old in 1987. Oh, gosh, yeah. So, it's... Yeah, it, Getting three million viewers on BBC One isn't great, no. and that's where we that's where we stand when we go and visit Delta and the Banner But to give it its dues, people have said, you know, it's okay. You know, it's kind of gone up a bit in estimation. It's not going to be one of the all time classics, but well, the reason I'm going to show it to you is, it's Earth based. Definitely Earth based, this one. Oh, okay. There's some quirky characters in it. Right. There's some funny bits in it.
0: Okay, looking forward to that.
1: And it's an example of the producer, John Nathan Turner, just looking at his Rolodex and going, which famous person can I get to be interested in playing a bit part in Doctor Who?
0: Oh, okay. It's like that, is it?
1: Little bit. Little Ooh. bit. Uh, <laughs> the is is a very famous bit part character he yeah when you see the Tollmaster in all his glittery get up you'll never forget him okay looking forward to it then let's bring it on Okay, here we go then. We're going to watch Delta and the Bannermen, all three episodes. I'm not sure where you can find them. Maybe on Britbox. Maybe it's on some other streaming service. We've got the DVD right here. So that's what I really recommend. That If you want to watch it alongside with us, you buy the DVD, watch it, and uh, we'll come back afterwards. We'll have a bit of a supercut in the middle where I'm sure Phoenix is going to say what he thinks as the show goes on.
0: Uh, yeah, I certainly will do. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, if I like it, you'll know it. If I don't like it, you'll know it. So um, yeah, we'll pick the best bits out.
1: And I'll see you back after this. Then three, two, one. Here comes the supercut. And we'll see you later. Enjoy.
0: Okay, the opening's funky already. I quite like that opening. The 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 um the effects on the opening are quite. Very ahead of their time,
1: in my opinion anyway. Well, just think this is 1987, I had a Commodore 64, the Atari was still selling, and the NES had just come out. And this is much better graphics than those. Yeah, the cheeky wink. (laughs) What do you think of the logo?
0: Cool. As you can tell that's 80s, can't you?
1: Back to the Future. There's
0: a lot of fighting going on. They look like the plastic army men you get, you know those giant tubs with those little green men, like, like in Toy Story. <laughs> looks
1: like those. Okay, I love that the handle of his umbrella is a question mark. I don't like the
0: look of this one bit. What do you think of his uh,
1: jumper? pull pullover though.
0: That's also a question mark, it matches the umbrella.
1: Do you think it's a little bit much, or do you like it? It's
0: different. I'll give it that.
1: Oh, my God. You want quirky? How it's quirky. quirky!
0: How much more can you get? My God. your lucky night. <laughs> you are our 10 billion customer. you say 10 billion people have come here. Freaking Ken Dodd. Congratulations. <laughs> Hello. This is Agent Jerome P. Weissmuller
1: speaking from Wales in England. We've been selected. Very stereotypical American, isn't it? Well you say that, I don't know what American secret agents are supposed to look like. Well
0: but no, that's true, nobody does really, do they? Oh, they <laughs> I mean that's secret. <laughs>
1: but they stand out. They do. Not as much as Ken Dodd in that outfit, mind you. I think you could pull it off, you know, give
0: you a nice sparkly act. It's very purple and very sparkly. I think it might
1: even be too sparkly for me. What about dressing as one of the Navarinos before they get transmogrified? (laughs) Mm,
0: Not with all those eyes. Um, The brochure shows a space cruiser, not an old bus. A spaceship made to look like an old bus (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't bode well from the beginning does it? (laughs) But it never does (laughs) Considering some of the visual effects that were possible like phases on Star Trek and stuff their shooting effects aren't really that great, are they? A few sparks from the end of a toy gun type thing.
1: Sparks in the end of a the gun, then you have sparks attached to the target. It gives the impression of what it's supposed
0: to do, but it's not the same. You know, if they'd have used like, like the phases from Star Trek type effects, which was possible. But, you mean like have a visible ray that comes out? Yeah, that probably you... would have looked a bit A bit more in keeping with what they were doing with the rest of the effects, if you know what I mean. Oh, I like the music though. (coughs) You hear anything yet? A radio receiver in a picnic basket. Yeah, I'm liking the soundtrack so far.
1: And the scientists think it's going to fall very somewhere around here.
0: Happens to fall where they're happening to be at the minute. Oh, the inside of the TARDIS is very bright compared to what we used to with the more modern hoos.
1: Bright and small? Yes. What do you think? Do you like the classic work of the TARDIS? Or do you, do you want it to it's be like... It's very clinical. Clinical? And again,
0: or? doctor, I suppose, clinical kind of works. And I like it being bright because you can actually see what's going on easier in the TARDIS. It's not, but it's not shrouded in mystery either. Because you always expect the TARDIS to be very mystical and shrouded a little bit to the fact that you don't
1: always quite know what's going on in there, if you know what I mean. Have you, you, if you haven't seen, I'm not going to talk about it, have you seen any Peter Capaldi episodes (laughs) of Doctor Who? I may have seen clips of, I'm not sure if I've seen full episodes yet. Right, that's something on the list then. You heard it here first because the uh, TARDIS is very different thing. because the TARDIS is, oh, it, it goes from being a place where you have to be invited to a place where uh, something happens and it becomes like a free for all. Oh, it's, it's like, I don't know what caused it to me. I'm not going to go into it. That's later down the line. But you know when when we're going up to Peter Capaldi's run, and I play the episode, mm. you think, huh? <laughs> what? What? Fair what? enough.
0: Wait, isn't that a Butlins?
1: It looks like a Butlins, doesn't it? It
0: does a bit. It certainly looks somewhat
1: familiar, almost having been to places like that. Well, it looks a lot better than the Pontins, Miss Diggler and Canberra Sands. Oh, definitely.
0: <laughs> Anything's better than that place. It's a wonder it's still open.
1: We had tiles
0: falling off. Holes in doors. Holes in doors. Windows that didn't open.
1: Oh, it was a nightmare, that place. Yeah, had questionable stains everywhere. hmm We had the sink in the bathroom that wouldn't Work properly. Oh, the one that yeah, we couldn't drain it. We couldn't had to keep drain draining it. it with a cup
0: every morning because it was a leaky tap and a blocked sink. It's blocked sink, and it's not blocked. As in something was in the plug. It hole. was. It was the plug the itself. The plug would itself plug that wouldn't come out. And the maintenance never came out and did it. They kept promising they'd come out and sort it, and they never did.
1: Please call me,
0: or oh, do you guys want a hand? By chance, got a one and five eight socket, have you <laughs> <laughs> and she actually did have it can, to
1: can you be trusted?
0: Yes, completely. Discretion's my middle
1: name. <laughs> really? I thought it was screaming.
0: Oh, that's cruel. But of course get a uh, big name like that in, only to kill him off. God.
1: I bet that's he, what he asked for, you know. He's like, oh, you can get me in, but you have to kill me off.
0: Actually, I can, I can quite imagine that being
1: part of the conversation.
0: It makes me nervous. Everything makes you nervous. The old music, the soundtrack so far has been great. I even learnt all about motorbikes, you know, making notice here. But it doesn't seem to make a blind bit of difference. Ah, uh, yes. The classic lovesick
1: kind of story there. Billy's an idiot. Yes. Does the doctor dance? A little
0: bit. They cut away so that you don't really see much of it, though. (laughs) Ah, yes. Heartbroken because Billy's fallen in love with a random stranger. Who's not even human. (laughs) That's it. I was waiting for
1: you to get to that. It's like, yeah, random stranger's bad enough, but she literally is an alien.
0: Yeah. Although he doesn't know that. Well, um, not yet. No. Oh, here's the screen. Oh, look, it's a giant head that looks like a cabbage. I don't just kill for money. It's also something I enjoy.
1: Episode one, done. Honest verdict on episode one. Yeah, it's good so far. quite
0: quite enjoying it actually I think to me it's also fun looking at the bad effects as well as the good ones I mean when you compare how good the opening is and the effects on that to some of the actual effects you're seeing on the screen during the episode bit of a discrepancy there but again that's what makes it fun that's why these things are classic so I quite enjoy it Um, Bonnie Langford's scream is rather annoying but
1: uh,
0: you know, I can block
1: that out, I guess. It's not the worst one she's done when she was a companion. I can think of one other oh, that is just ear piercing. Two others. Two at least. I just thought of another one. Wow. Um, yeah. Are you ready for episode two? Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on.
0: I could just watch this opening sequence over and over again all day because I just, I love the colours, I, I love this version of the theme
1: tune, it's just, yeah. You should look yeah. up the composer on Twitter, he's on there actually. Mm. Kef McCulloch.
0: I love that cheeky wink when his face appears on the screen because that cheeky wink I
1: said that before, I know, but it's cool the first face in the titles to do anything apart from smile and this bounty hunter isn't necessarily an actor in real life I mean he acts but he was the lead singer of the flying pickets oh my word who uh, had a big number one christmas 1983 with only you oh, of course yeah I love that song there you go Mel screaming bush <coughs> What do you think of that effect?
0: Whoa, puff of smoke and just a pair of shoes remain. (laughs) You'd think the shoes would have gone too, wouldn't you? But I suppose I had to leave something behind to show he'd been vaporised or whatever. That is one ugly baby. That baby looks slimy, but it's not leaving any residue
1: on the dress. (laughs) Trust me to notice that. I'm just more in awe of how Billy is taking it. He's taking it very calmly, considering. I know he's like in love with Delta, but there's in love and there's. Mm, it's a good job we know that that's Delta because they haven't actually introduced her as such, have they? You're right. They've said Shimmeron Queen, and that's about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anything uh, in the last day or so? I shall ask my bees. <laughs> Ask
0: my bees.
1: (laughs) Well, I reckon we've taken up enough of your time. Take a look at this butterfly. Arguably one of the most beautiful creatures in the whole of nature. Yet, if you were to see a pupa, you'd think it was the ugliest sight you've ever seen. That's kind of true. It's the same with Delta's baby. Mm,
0: Already it's changed from looking like a cabbage to looking like a normal baby that's been painted. (laughs) Have a nice sleep, Doctor. (laughs) Waking up on the
1: floor. Hi dee hi, (laughs) campers.
0: Do you know where Delta and Billy have gone? You see, now they suddenly said Delta, but they hadn't. They're just assuming that we know who Delta is because I hadn't called her by name up until this point.
1: Shimmer and Queen.
0: Exactly, it's like... There's a slight like consistency here, of there. Again with the great music. one step inside the TARDIS and they, they believe the whole lot. Well, so would You're you. Good. So would you if you were showing the inside of that. I mean...
1: <laughs> you know, watching Doctor Who, I, obviously we don't have telephone boxes on the side of roads now. We don't have police telephone boxes. No, so not those kind, no. It took me a long time to kind of equate it to something because mm. in the 1960s and 70s people were more uh, familiar with yeah. those police telephone boxes, so they could think, "Whoa, that would be amazing if you open it and it's the whole room and, and everything inside, infinite space." And I saw a poster. Maybe it was on Reddit. Maybe it was on Twitter. That said, imagine for 21st century viewers, yeah. imagine that the TARDIS is one of those internet junction boxes that you see on the side of roads now. Oh yeah, one those where big they green open cabinets. the open the little green cupboard and yeah. got a little thing. Imagine it's one of those. And that's when my eyes went wide. I thought, that it kind of clicked for me then. I thought, that's it, that's, imagine, oh, what? Open it up, what? Exactly, I mean, you wouldn't know what to do or where to look or
0: what to say. It's about a
1: foot long and then you open it up and it's like infinite. Yes, that's how it got Well, they should have took, they should have took a thingy with him. You know, he could have Burton, should have took Burton with him. He would have made a good companion. He would have made a great companion. You know, he's already been inside the TARDIS. That's more than a couple of the companions, actually.
0: I mean, normally you just assume that travelling in the TARDIS with the Doctor is a prerequisite, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that has to be the only um, qualification to be a companion you your time, Hawk. Well, it's better than...
1: Why do you think of Hawk and Weissmuller?
0: As I said, it feels very stereotypically American rather than natural, if you know what I mean. But in a way, it adds great comedy to it. They're, they're a great comedy duo. If that was me, I wouldn't want to stick my hands in that. Bucket of red stuff with the crystal in it Because I wouldn't know what the red stuff is I could have eaten my hands for all I knew Yummy Not particularly <laughs> There was really no need to destroy their tent was there Just reminds me of those sort of bully type kids Who pick on people for absolutely no reason Just because they want to feel important Bye bye, Magic Bus. Oh <laughs> dear. Literally, bye bye, Magic Bus. What are you picking up? It's not clear, but it's coming from down there. Well, there's nothing there. All the screen time she's had up until now. You never saw that
1: yeah. until now. How did you know that?
0: It's just bees who are telling us to come. Quick. Oh, bees. Ugh. Ooh. Whatever Gavrock's eating looks absolutely gross. I came here under a white fly, and I will leave under that same white fly. and won't be tied any time reaches its integrity. Let's go aside, Release really those prisoners. You tell him, Doctor. You tell him. Gavrock, it's over. You're finished. I'm leaving. Actually, I think I may have gone a little too far. <laughs> you tell you've gone a little too far. <laughs> you don't say Doctor. You look quite forceful in what you said. So second episode down? What do you think? Still enjoying it. I actually think this, this, this Doctor is very good.
1: He's I like I, like
0: I like this Doctor.
1: Well, save your impressions of him until we do the wrap-up at the end, because that's one of the, one of my main questions. Yeah. Because it'll be the first time. This is the first time that you've seen Sylvester McCoy, apart from in the Power of the Doctor special yeah. when he came back. What do you know about life? Here's a question: What do you think of the recaps at the beginning of the episodes?
0: Yeah they work well because um, it does give you sort of like the most important bit towards the end of the previous one so that it follows on without you forgetting what happened previously because obviously when this was originally aired I presume it wasn't one after the other like it
1: is that we're watching it now. <laughs> It'd be very weird if it was. Exactly. Let's see if so. I can find when it actually aired it aired on a Monday evening the 2nd of November the 9th of November and the 16th of November 1987 oh, so, so yeah
0: there was a week apart each time so those recaps are actually helpful because sometimes in a week you might forget little bits that happened
1: and it just reminds you
0: oh gosh that barely fits around his neck
1: that must have been so uncomfortable to wear oh, i was just looking for the neck pinching <laughs> yeah What do you think of Ray? She would
0: have made a good companion, I think.
1: She's very strong, resourceful and strong-willed. Resourceful. She's not phased by aliens. No, she's not. Well, there was talk of her becoming the next companion. Right? There was. Because mm. Bonnie Langford was in the process of leaving. But when they made this story, Bonnie Langford hadn't made up her mind completely whether she was going at the end of this series or the next one. Uh, so they couldn't offer the companion role to Ray.
0: Which is a shame because I think she would have made a great one. They could have done what they've done in some other series and had multiple companions, Ray could have simply joined them. They could he could have had two What's companions. That would have worked. That's happened before.
1: happened before. I mean,
0: look at Jodie Whittaker. The Traveled with three at the beginning. <laughs> I would not have gone anywhere near that high with all those bees. Not a fan of bees.
1: Yeah, I don't think health and safety was a thing back then.
0: Oh, was he not? I tried to think how many times somebody might have got stung while filming those scenes. <laughs> He's pinched the baby's food. I don't know why anyone would find that green goo advertising. Ray tells me you've got some honey stalker on me. Only about 10,000 jars, Doctor. Excellent. When did Ray tell him that considering he's not been here when they were shown the jars and they've not seen him since? clock There's some missing.
1: is a look of a mum that says I'm I'm not angry, I'm just really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought I recognised that look. <laughs> you had it many times growing up, did you? No comment. <laughs> I'm not angry, I'm just really disappointed. She saved this life with a
0: warning cry. She died with a singing time Do you think there are any more of them? <laughs> so that tracker is <laughs> Oh dear. Imagine working for Gavrock.
1: Oh, you'd be terrified every waking moment. I certainly would be. What's that? You put one foot in front of the other this morning. You, you shall die. No, is that...
0: What's what that?
1: a gun at your own men? You put cream before jam on a scone. You, you shall die. die. <laughs>
0: Doom, doom, doom. still continuing with the great soundtrack Where are they, I love it you think after the first couple fell they'd run away but no they stayed there to get pelted with honey well a lot longer than they probably should have and, oh no the bees are peeved what do you think of that effect that's an unusual way of depicting the bees, I
1: suppose. All digital.
0: I mean, to be fair, for its time, that would have been quite difficult to create, so it's done well.
1: Imagine how many passes that had to go through it because it's shot on videotape. Mm-hmm. So they had to take the tape and put it in a machine, and they had to pass it through one with one shot of bees, and then do it again with another shot of the bees, then do it again with another shot of the bees to make a swarm. Gosh, yeah. And, the, comu- and the computing power back in 1987. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I...
0: Billy's been eating the green goo.
1: Billy's looking very shiny. Yes. I love that this is obviously just a butler and they mm. didn't have permission to remove the animals, the plastic animals. Yeah. <laughs> the, the children's playground parts yes. or whatever it is. Yeah. So yeah. they just use them. That's it. They become part of the story now.
0: I have to admit, that sound is kind of grating, isn't it? That frequency. can't understand why the bannermen are running around in pain. Oh, steady on. Goodbye, Gavrock. Send him into disorientation so much that he falls into his own trap. Classic. That's quite a philosophical statement. Love has never been known for its rationality. It must have been so hard not to get those white suits really oh, dirty. Guess. And I love how he takes his guitar. Billy takes his Are guitar with him. Say? Yes. I won't forget you either. Oh, I almost forgot. Will you look after the Vincent pool? Remember to feather the clutch. She may not have got his love, but she got his pride and joy instead. And she seems pretty happy with that, but judging by the smile on her face. And there goes the TARDIS And they're like, "Huh? What?"
1: <laughs> and that was that. That was Delta and the Bannerman. Brilliant. Okay. So if you're watching alongside us, I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to give our final thoughts and give our our thoughts on what we liked about it, what we disliked about it, if anything, and uh, give it a little mark out of ten. Why not? So we've just watched Delta and the Banner Man. So, Phoenix, what are your real, honest thoughts on that?
0: Okay. Well, I liked it. I actually thought it was a fairly entertaining storyline. I loved the music in it, the soundtrack, everything about that. The opening, fantastic. The effects in that were actually better in places than the episode itself. We'll get onto that a little bit later on. And I just... The, the cast, the characters, the actors in it, it Just it worked. And it worked well, which I think is surprising for that particular era because, of, as you said, the ratings were falling... And if that didn't boost them back up, I don't know what would, because that was actually a really, really good set of episodes over a storyline.
1: Well, second episode in and what we'd love to do is bring the positivity back to the fandom because some fandoms are a little bit toxic out there and we just want to bring the positivity back and we do this via a positivity sandwich. So we say things we loved about the episode, a couple of things that maybe we didn't and then we end it on stuff that we really loved about it. Fee, since you were the one coming to this blind, this is your positivity sandwich moment.
0: Yeah, um, there were quite a few things that I liked about it, actually. As, as I mentioned, the funky opening titles were just really, really good. I actually <laughs> enjoyed an opening sequence that has funky colours and things like that anyway, so that just that hooked me from the start. And I like the, the cast. You know, we've got Bonnie Langford, we've got Ken Dodd, some pretty big names in there. And that certainly added to the quality of the storyline and the acting within and i love the fact that it's set in wales um my other half and i love going to wales when we can and um it just sort of reminded us of holidays away if you know what i mean so that was a really nice thing there were a couple of things that i thought were a bit hmm in the beginning the um The shimmerons that we saw fighting alongside Delta—they look like those green plastic army men. You know, think of Toy Story and Sarge. When you know, yeah, it reminded me of those. Um, The TARDIS for me, even though it's brighter, it looked very clinical and kind of reminded me of an Airfix model before it's been painted. So it was a bit—I don't know—different to what I would expect the TARDIS to be, but not necessarily bad, if you know what I mean. Well, as I said before, the openings effects are absolutely brilliant. I, I think they're fantastic. But then I was a little bit disappointed through the episodes on a couple of occasions with the shooting scenes because they were just... Do you remember Cap Guns when we were kids? Oh, yeah. It kind of, It's a bit like that, but with added sparks. Sparks on either end. But you couldn't really tell... Where they were going until the sparks actually flew, and it, it just it didn't look as realistic as it could have done. Bearing in mind at that, that time, they had the ability to use effects to make, I don't know, lasers or something like that a bit like, you know, the phasers in Trek, I suppose. And if they'd have done it a little bit more like that, because aliens are supposed to have advanced technology compared to Earth anyway, um, was a little bit unsure about the whole bees why they were significant but at the same time the effects they used for the swarm of bees was quite advanced for its time so that was quite clever how they did that and that would have taken them a lot of time to do and uh, i can't help but think that ray would have been a great companion she just didn't seem phased by any of it there was no confusion there was no screaming there was no oh my goodness i can't handle this she took it all in her stride she's resourceful she's clever she's strong-willed that would have been the perfect makings of a companion right there they really missed a trick because even if they weren't sure what Bonnie was going to do they could have had both they so could have had both Doctor Who has had multiple companions in the past um even recently so you know it could have worked Uh, Other than that, I think the actress who played Delta was a little bit wooden, but on the whole, the guy who played Billy is a fantastic singer. Absolutely brilliant. As I said, I loved the soundtrack, everything about it, and I loved the whole setting of it being in a Butlins as well, going back to the whole Wales thing, and It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Star Trek with the scenes in space, like the original series and the way they did some of that. Uh, The effects that they used for space and things like that did remind me a little bit of Trek. So in a way, it kind of hooked me that way as well. I mean, if I was to rate this episode out of 10 now, um, then I'd give it an 8.5. But if the shooting effects and a couple of the others were a little bit better then it definitely would have made
1: a nine. That's a good sandwich. I love what he's having. That's lovely. All right, what did you think of Sylvester McCoy? It's the first time you've seen him properly as the Doctor, doing his doctorly thing. I mean, you saw him as the Doctor come back, the hologram Doctor, one of them, yeah. in The Power of the Doctor, the Jodie Whittaker special. But this is the first time you've seen him properly. What are your honest thoughts on him? I think he's a great Doctor,
0: actually. I loved the whole... um question marks theme for the outfit and the whole um fact that the handle of his umbrella is a question mark and things like that which people might not always notice straight away they'll notice eventually but not always straight away but the first thing i said when i saw him was oh handle of his umbrella is a question mark and <laughs> just ever since then and the fact that it matches his jumper because he's got the question marks all over it that and and everything like that i thought you know that's that's pretty cool i liked the way he handled gavrock and the sort of assertiveness that he's got but for an intergalactic time traveler he has this weird obsession with earth motorbikes but actually i think that makes him really quirky i mean i'm not necessarily a fan of motorbikes per se motorsport maybe so i can see why he likes them anything that goes fast yes please and i just think that adds to his whole character
1: Uh, next time we come back to Doctor Who we're taking it all the way back to the 1960s I mentioned it last time when we were watching Caretaker the Star Trek Voyager pilot episode where uh, it kind of reminded me of a Doctor Who episode where a benevolent ruler comes down to people living underground and says their, their Earth has been scorched by nuclear war and they can't go above but they must trust him he is the only one that can take this intergalactic lift up to the top of the of the world and he's the only one that can withstand the radiation. It's that sort of thing that made you think, Ah, oh, enemy of the world. One of my all time favourite Doctor Who stories. So next time we do Doctor Who, we're taking it back to the second Doctor, Patrick Troughton, and all the way back to the end of the nineteen sixties. I'm looking forward
0: to that. As you said, the similarities storyline wise to caretaker from voyager is intriguing to me so i want to see how it compares to that as well as how it stands up on its own if you know what i mean so that'll be interesting
1: Alright then, if you've enjoyed Tractor Who this week, then share this episode, uh, share the previous one as well with everybody far and wide. Um, We really appreciate anybody that's listened, anybody that's downloaded, anybody that streamed our episode so far. Uh, Thank you very, very much. Don't expect any listeners, so the fact we've actually had some is brilliant to us. And, uh, yeah, next time we do this, it's back to Star Trek. It is, yes, and we're going to
0: dive into the middle of Season 4 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and an episode called Rejoined.
1: I don't know much about it except it has warf in it. Yes, yes.
0: The uh, ratings were starting to slump for Deep Space Nine. It was one of the slightly less successful series... Until they brought Worf back into the fold and the ratings went up. Everybody loves Worf.
1: <laughs> That's a sitcom, isn't it? <laughs> That's one of those uh, 25th century sitcoms in space. Oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> everybody loves Worf. Uh, where where nobody gets on with each other, but everybody loves Worf. Brilliant. Okay, if you want to catch us elsewhere apart from this podcast, I am on Instagram as Mundane Insane. And fee you are
0: burning phoenix eighty nine with an underscore between burning and phoenix. And phoenix is spelled with a y because I'm
1: odd. Okay, odd. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been stew. He's been odd. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Trek to Who. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.